book of Luke, the 12th chapter. Hallelujah. So good to be in church again today. And I want church to stay, just be about what it's supposed to be about Him. Amen. So I thank God for His Word. And uh, we're going to stay in His Word. Hallelujah. Turn to Luke, the 12th chapter. Praise His name. God's so good. Luke 12, verse 31. Before we read, let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Lord, it's already been said here this morning how valuable Your Word is to us. Lord, thank You for it. Thank You for it. It is, Lord, it's a sword to fight the enemy. It's water to wash us. Lord, it's a lamp to guide us. It's life. And we thank You for it, God. We thank You, Lord, for truth that sets us free. God, I ask You to help us, God, as we look into it, that we would see, Lord, just Your will for our lives today. Take away everything that would hinder the hearing and the, Lord, the receiving of Your Word. God, help us to, Lord, to just digest it down into our lives that we would be doers of Your Word. Change us, shape us, Lord. Mold us and make us in Your image, God. We love You. We thank You, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Luke 12, verse 31 says, But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. Reminds us of a parallel passage in Matthew. says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But it goes on here to a verse I want to look at this morning. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure... To give you the kingdom. God bless you. You can be seen. I want to talk about His good pleasure. Talk about some good news. We talked, said, mentioned earlier the gospel means good news. Sadly, a lot of people are focused on the bad news. But I'm telling you, if you've got your eyes on Jesus, you've got hope. You can have joy in the midst of the struggle, knowing that there is purpose, knowing that God is working a plan. When you recognize that God cares about you, I want to dig down. This might not just be everything you expected to be this morning, but but I know what God's laid on my heart and what He's trying to do. And if we can dig down into some things that have really been damaging to us, there's a lot of false teaching a lot of bad preaching in the world today. You, uh, you know, some of those things you might see online might even try to bring God into into it and find out. Hey, wait a minute, that's not really what the Bible says. That's not really who God is. Get to know your Bible. Get to know your Bible. Get to know who Jesus really is. Praise God. There's good news. There's good news for the church. There's good news for Christians. There's good news, praise God, for, for anyone who wants help. God wants to help you. I feel like there are a lot of different things that have been passed into the church so poorly by 
by, by way of manipulation. The Bible talks about false teachers using cunning craftiness. Manipulation through guilt and fear. I had a man talk to me recently asking me, well, isn't it really all about just, just guilt and shame and fear of being lost? I said, I read my Bible with a completely different understanding than that. I see a God who says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everything you need to have life and that more abundantly, I'm, I'm willing to give it to you. It's, my, it's what I want to give to you. There is an underlying fear in so many, but what if God's angry or what if God's against me or what if I what if I fail or what if Hey, God's helping you. God's desire is to see He doesn't want you to be lost. I struggled with that as a young Christian. I wanted God's will so much in my life, like I'm sure most of you. I want I didn't want to make a mistake. I didn't want to I didn't I didn't want to want to somehow miss the will of God and and it brought a kind of a fear in me. What if I what if I choose wrong? What if I what if I do something that I I, I want to do right? I, I want to do well and I, I don't want to displease God and and I I seen so many people. Don't you see a lot today that well, it doesn't really matter, you know? Their religious experience and their knowledge of God is all about themselves. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be so just uh, carefree and, and think that, that I can do anything. I can live any way that I want in God's mercy and grace. He doesn't care at all if I walk in rebellion, if I walk in sin. Well, will it? God doesn't matter to a lot of people. They don't know. They don't seek it. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray and say, God, what's your will and what do you want me to do? And you see that. You say that's so wrong. So you kind of get into a place where I don't want to be like that. I don't want to just not care at all. And then you're, sometimes you don't even take a step because what if I step wrong? Yeah. Oh, what if I... What if I if, uh, you start wondering, I love you so much, God, but I've heard other people say that they love you and they, they, don't, they don't ever really at one time just, just walk away from their own will to do your will. They say they love you, but they... They don't. They don't seek you. They don't. They don't turn away from things that that you've said very clearly are are are, are sin or an abomination to you. And so, God, I don't want to be like that. But but it's not God's will to to cause us to live in such a paralyzed fear of uh, of what if I do wrong or what if I. God's not on a short fuse. Amen. He's patient. My Bible tells me he's long suffering. Amen. I know some of you may be even here today. I don't think so. But some of you might say, oh, wait a minute. You start talking about God's patience and God's God, uh, 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 you know, long suffering. Well, people are just going to sin. That's that's what manipulators do. We're going to keep you scared so you don't get off track. It's not God's promise. He said, I want to give you this. When you realize how much you are loved and how much God not only wants to save you, but wants to bless you and work through you. And even if you make a mistake, there is a there's a process in place to help you learn and grow and get back on track like a good father. 
See, don't you compare God to some of the, the mess that's in this world? Harshness and even abuse. Of, of I was, I'm, I'm just scared to, to, to do anything wrong that God would just beat me down. That's not God. Not this Bible. If you really do get familiar with your Bible, you'll see His children throughout the whole Old Testament. Just God keeps on working on them, keeps on working on them, keeps on helping them. Amen. He doesn't give up. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In Luke 12, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, we have, we've already we've read this, that when we seek Him, when we seek Him in verse 31, he, He's got this set up that as you just focus on loving Him and looking for Him, reaching out for Him, He's going to take care of you. God tells us in His Word that He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I want to say, number one, it's God's will to save you. It's God's will. God wants to get you to heaven. God doesn't want anybody to be lost. It's not His will that any would perish but that all would come to repentance. We need to understand that. You don't have to beg God to be saved. You don't have to somehow make a bargain with God. If you'll you'll do this, God... No, no, He wants to save you. To this day, I am as amazed by His grace as I have ever been and even more. Amen. I hear people talk about, I, I, I want to be, I don't want to be lost. I, I don't want to die without Him. I, I want to I go to heaven. Listen to me. God wants us to go to heaven more than we want to be in heaven. Say, how could you possibly say this? Look what He did to get us there. We stumble and we, we, we fail and we... we get ourselves in ruts and routines and have to work our way back to saying, God, I'm sorry I I lost sight of just how it is to be in love with you and to walk with you. But Jesus comes and is born in a humble humble family in a humble time and just with a purpose of going to a cross. With a purpose for 33 years to, to put up with hate, lies, persecution, and then go to the cross and suffer for one thing. The Bible says for the joy that was set before him. He suffered. He endured the suffering and the pain of the cross for the joy that was set. Can you... If you get up in the morning and think that Jesus endured the suffering of Calvary beyond measure of what our feeble minds could even comprehend and recognize the reason He didn't stop it. Now, think not that I can't just call 12 legions of angels to come down here and stop this right now. 
It was the last thing on his mind to stop them spitting on him, beating him, whipping him, mocking him, crucifying him was the last thing on his mind to stop it from happening. And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. You're that joy. His children are that joy that we could be forgiven and the sin could be taken care of. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. God is seeking. You didn't find God. God wasn't lost. Oh, I found, uh, guess what? Joe's kind of, watch out for him. He found God. (laughs) No, no, no. God wasn't lost. God's seeking you. I'm going to tell you something. When you get through reaching out to Him and turning away from sin and turning to Him and giving your full life to Him, you're going to find out all along after God fills you with His love and His power and the Holy Ghost, you're going to say, you know what? God's been pursuing me my whole life. I tried to run from him. I fought against him. I said no to him. And and now I see he's been seeking me. God, how many of us could be dead today? How many of us? It it, it isn't even fair. You say, oh, it's not fair, God. How, How many times has God spared our lives? How many times has God had his hand upon us? How much mercy and grace has he shown us? It's His good pleasure to save you. Yeah. He wants to, you to be in heaven with Him. Yes, sir. You, I'm telling you, you can criticize me all you want. I love my friends, but sometimes it's just time to go home. <laughs> That's where God is so much better than me. He says, come on. Yeah. A thousand years, I'm not tired yet. Right. God wants us to live with Him throughout eternity. Oh, yeah. yes, He's made a way that we can... That, that we can not only be forgiven in mercy, but the grace of God that He wants to give us is, I want, I'll call you my son. I'll call you my, I'm not just taking away the guilt. I'm not just taking away the, 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 cry, the punishment for the crime. Now you're my son. You're my daughter. That's the salvation plan of God. When you understand God did all that for you, that you could be forgiven, that you could be His child, that you could have a home prepared in heaven. God didn't do all that to just throw you out on a whim. He's slow to anger, but He's plenteous in mercy. Look what it says in Micah, the seventh chapter. I want to say God is seeking and saving. God is, look what it says, Micah 7. Verse 18. I know, I'm going to say it again. I know there's people that talk about God's mercy and forgiveness and they use it as a license to just do their will. And that's wrong. Amen. But it's not a reasonable response to that. To live your life like you're just a hair's breadth away from God giving up on you at any time. 
that somehow you're walking on thin ice every step of the way. Listen to me. If you're a child of God, He's got His hands in your life. He's got His arms wrapped around you. And He does not want you to die lost. Micah 7, verse 18 says, Who is like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? People can forgive people. But Micah said, who's like God? How he does it. The way he pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. This is the scripture that is used and maybe paraphrased, if you want to say, possibly misquoted. But it's, the principle is still there. The idea of the sea of God's forgetfulness. He casts all of our sins into the depths of the sea, is what the Bible says. He throws them out. He's not, not willing to, to, to hold that over you. Listen, I know, listen, I know, I know that there's people that just don't care. They don't, they don't have that kind of love like you do. They don't, they, they, they do their, their will and their desires and, and, and want God to just bail them out. But listen, when you love Him, when you trust Him, when you walk with Him, He delights in mercy. He wants to forgive you. Some of you have been living for God for a while. If you have a sensitive heart, you've been through some times where you felt like you failed. And the devil tries to condemn you and beat you up and tell you he don't love you anymore. He doesn't care about you. You've gone too far. The Bible says God delights in mercy. God delights in mercy. So many in this day, I, I know we preach it. We preached it just here, I don't know if it was Wednesday or Sunday night, from the book of Romans. It says that, shall we sin that grace may abound. God forbid. That kind of attitude. I read here recently in the book of Ephesians. It starts one of those lists. that It, it, it starts mentioning sin and, and all different specific sins. And, and the Bible says, don't. That shouldn't even be mentioned once among you. I said, that's where the wrath of God comes on the world. Don't, don't you partake in that. But child of God, when you stumble and you run to an altar and say, God, be merciful to me. I'm sorry. I, I, I made a mistake and, and I want your help. I'm not making any excuses. I'm not trying to put the blame on anybody else. God delights in mercy. God seeks you. God seeks to save. Remember in the in, in the, the garden, Adam recognized his sin had consequences. He recognized that fellowship had been broken immediately. He didn't come running and say, God, here I am. I'm so sorry. Where are you? I need you. He hid. He hid. It was God that came walking in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? It was God that sought him. It was God that already had a plan to redeem him. 
already had a plan of mercy and forgiveness. That's what the Word says. From the foundation of the world, He had a plan of a lamb that would be slain for the sins of mankind. People say, oh, I knew. He, he knew. He knew that man would sin. And he had a way to redeem him. Right. How wrong is it? He knew it was a gotcha. He, he put that temptation there only knowing. And he had a plan to redeem. Right. And he didn't just sit in a corner somewhere and say, when Adam wants me, and he's good and ready to find me, but God went looking for him. God delights in mercy. God desires to have compassion. He's not willing that... He, he doesn't want you to be lost. He doesn't want you to fall away. He's, he's going to be right there to pick you up and, and get you back on track. That's why we have promises like a righteous man falls seven times. He rises again, not on his own. But because there's a God to say, I'll help you. I'm here for you. You got to work. You say, you believe you can be lost after you were once saved? I, 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 I believe my Bible. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The devil can't make me be lost. Right. Bad situations can't pull me away from God. Right. But I've seen enough in the Bible that I can make a decision to come to Him. I can make a decision to walk away from Him. Right. But I don't believe that decision is just the easiest thing you'll ever do. You got to work hard at leaving the love of God. Yes, sir. He pursued you throughout your life. He pursued you. He reached out for you. Amen. Amen. He's called you. He's had patience with you. You got to walk over a lot of love, a lot of prayers, Amen. a lot of annoying friends that love you, yeah. saying, "Hey, where have you been?" Yeah. "Hey, what's going on?" Right. "Hey, I'm worried about you." It's none of their business. That's called love. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. I hope you do the same for me. Right. Falling away. God, God has a way to try to get your attention. God has a way to try to get you back on track. Because it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Matthew 25. It's God who seeks to save us. It's God who forgives and makes a way to, to learn and to grow and to be stronger through every trial, through every battle, through every test. Hallelujah. Matthew 25. I want to take a little bit of time to just take this one step farther to the church. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now, Jesus is telling a parable of how the kingdom of God operates. He's describing how he, how he handles his business, basically. And he says, my kingdom, remember it's his good pleasure to give it to you. My kingdom is like a man who travels into a far country. He's going away for a little while. But he calls his servants and gives them his goods. I, I started off by telling you this God 
does all that He can to save you. Amen? He does all that He can to forgive you. But He also wants to use you for His will. Everything that God, everything you have today, the blessings, they're from God. And they belong to God. You'd be wise to recognize, hey, this family I've got, it's a gift from God. Amen. The, the, the job that I have, it's a gift from God. My, my finances, my health, my time, thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's a gift from God. The Bible says He's given them His goods. I know this is where this self-centered generation kind of messes it up. We kind of feel like this is our stuff. This is my world. No, it's His world. And everything that He's given you is His. And He's just asked you to take good care of it. Not just take good care of it, but bring Him glory through it. I will, He says, delivered unto them His goods. Unto one He gave five talents, another two, and another one. Let me say this again. This is one of those things that in the King James Bible, it can, if you're not careful, it can kind of cause a little confusion in your mind. And, and uh, when we think of the word talent, sometimes we think of, uh, of abilities. Well, a uh, sister can play the, the keyboard really well. A uh, sister can play the drums. They're talented people. And I don't have a lot of talent because I can't carry a tune in a bucket or I can't really, uh, uh, I'm not handy and, and I don't have a lot of talent. That's not, that word talent is, uh, is just another word for, for, for really a, a financial investment. It was a, a term of money. And so I just gave them my goods. It's not necessarily that you can sing or you can... It's just everything that God has and He's given you of worth, of value. He's given some five. He's given some two. He's given some one. Our pride has to get over the fact that God knew what He was doing when He blessed you. Some people say, well, God didn't give me enough because He didn't give me what He gave them you probably wouldn't make it to heaven with what they have. Amen. Be faithful with what you've got. More goods means more responsibility as well. And many times more battles. But God said in His Word, He gave one five, one two, another one, to every man according to his several ability. God knows about me. God knows what I can handle and what I can't handle. And I have to trust Him with that. And I'm wasting my time looking at you and saying, why doesn't He have so much? And why does He have more than me? And that's not fair. It's a waste of time. You have to trust God. It's kind of like what happened when He paid out His penny, which in that day, another financial term, not talking about that worthless thing, you know, in a jar somewhere, but it was a day's wages at that time. And he gave the people that were hired in the morning, he said, will you work for me for a penny? And they said, we would love to. Thank you. And he went a couple hours later and said, hey, would you work for me all day? I'll give you a penny. And they said, thank you. And he went throughout the day. 
And then when payday came, at the end of the day, the people came for their penny. And the first guys thought they were going to get more because they worked through the heat of the day. But he made them a deal to work for a penny, and they were happy about that until they saw that these other guys worked for an hour or two, and they got a penny too. And now they're angry. and said, why are you evil? When I'm, I, I did them a favor. I was good to them, and I was good to you. Let God be God. When he's good to you, don't mess it up by saying, well, I think you probably were kind of more good to them. No, he was very good to you. And you, you trust him with that. He's, gonna, he's not unfair. You let him settle. Because you know what happened? When it was all said and done, and he gave a part of his kingdom. He gave what was valuable to them. He blessed them. At the end of the day, the one that was faithful with five, he told him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. That's all he asks. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Guess what? The same thing exactly word for word was said to the one with two talents that was faithful. Amen? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over very few things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. You're going to have to trust me, or at least trust the Bible. You're not going to be fussing in heaven about how he got ripped off. <laughs> you just don't let yourself get all tangled up with, with God's business plan. He's just good to who he wants. He shows mercy to whom he wants to show mercy. He's just and he's good. Amen. But there was one. There was one that was kind of like what we were talking about earlier. At least this is what he said. This was his excuse. I was fearful. I didn't want to misstep. I didn't want to do anything wrong. He made a big to-do about his righteous intentions. I'm not losing out on the talent that he was given. And I hid them away and I did not labor with them. Didn't want to mismanage it. Didn't want to lose it. Didn't want to make a mistake with it and come back with less than what you gave me. So I just thought, I'll wrap it up in this napkin, hide it away, bury it, make it so it's safe. And then, and you know what the Lord said? I know what's really going on here. He said, you, you just were lazy is what you were. You're wicked and slothful servant. I want to tell somebody this today. God wants to work through your life. Some of you, when, when situations arose and, and you knew, you just saw, maybe it was afterwards, you wow, did I just witness to that person? Did I just tell them my testimony? Did I just get a chance to tell somebody how great God has been in my life? Did I just feel that God working in me and see the, the, the light come on in their eyes? Was I just a part of a God moment? Wow, that is just so amazing. God wants to do that in you. God wants to do that through you. The things that He has blessed you with, the time, the finances, the job, the, the family, the, the, all the blessings that God has put in your life, He wants to work through that so that you can tell people how awesome He is. 
Some of you, it's been a long time since you told anybody how God pulled you out of sin. Well, praise God. Been a long time since you said, let me tell you how God just did some miraculous things for me. We like to complain, don't we? It's been a long time since we just said, you know what? Let me tell you how you can have what I have. It's God's will to use you. It's God's will. It's, this is why He blessed you. He didn't bless you so you can feel good about it and say, Hey, thank you, God. You got any more? I'd like more blessings. He pours into you so that you can pour out and bless others. Edify, strengthen, help. Amen. We come to church and we, we, we try to get what we can get and get out as quick as possible because, you know, I, I don't want to mess anything up. I'm afraid I might say something wrong. I'm afraid I might say something that, that, that hurts. Hey, you know what? That's what he said. But really, the fearfulness of there was not based on a love for God and a healthy understanding that God's going to help you. Every hand would go up here today if I asked you to raise your hand and you had time to think about it and say, how many times did God open a door for you and you, you tried your best, but when it was done, you beat yourself up. I could have done so much better. You, me, and everybody else. I should have said this. I could have said that. But some will say, you know what? I'd rather not say anything at all than mess up. You know what happened to that man that hid that away? I've seen it happen so many times. Jesus talks to them and says, Take therefore the talent from him, in verse 28, and give it unto him that hath ten talents. Somebody said, Hey, he's already got ten. In one of the renditions. He's already got ten. This is the way my kingdom works. I give you something. Use it. And if you don't use it, I give it to somebody else that will use it. Oh, but I don't want to mess it up. I'd rather, I'd rather just keep what I have. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do what you do is saying, you know what? I don't have time to get in there and learn and grow and do something for God. I'd rather people not look down on me. I'd rather people don't persecute me because I'm different. And I don't, I've got pride that makes me feel like somebody might criticize me. Wicked and slothful servant. God wants to use you. God wants to use you whether you got one, two, five. It's God's good pleasure. And you know what? Whatever you're lacking, God will give it to you. I've told you this before. It hasn't been a while, so I'm going to tell you again. One prayer I've never seen God not answer quickly is when I say, God, I know what you want me to do. But if you're going to want me to do it that way, you're going to have to give me the tools to do that job. I have never once had God just step back and say, nope. (laughs) No. Hey, if he calls you to do it, he'll enable you. He'll give you the tools you need to get that job done. You can sit back all you want and say, well, I just can't do this because of this. That's what God, Moses tried that once. Didn't work for him. It's not going to work for you. The only difference God will give you five, God will give you two, God will give you one, God will give you what He knows you can handle. Won't give you any more, won't give you any less. 
But the only difference in the response of God when He does His reckoning is our faithfulness. Say, it just seems like God works in them consistently. There's a reason for that. It's called sowing and reaping. The more you put into this Bible, the more you get out of it. The more you make the house of God a priority, the more you'll grow. Amen. The more you put into seeking Him, the more you'll get out of it. The more you apply yourselves, don't tell me. I'll tell you, times as a preacher, you get up here. I've been doing this for a while now, okay? And, uh, but the times I've got up is, oh, wow. <laughs> People talk about masterpieces. That was a monster piece. <laughs> that was embarrassing. You know? And your pride says, give up, go home, and the devil likes to sing on that. He'll sing harmony, five-part on that one. <laughs> loser, you're such a big loser. He'll tell you that every day if you let him. Yeah. Yeah. He tells you to give up, slow down. Amen. Oh, you said this instead of that. You stumbled over this. Grow up, devil. (laughs) You know, what you do is you just keep learning. You keep growing. You keep realizing that we've got a treasure, but it's in an earthen vessel. Amen. And the more, I'll tell you, people that sit back, it's these people that have hid their talent. They got too much time to look at somebody else. Oh, did you hear what they said? They messed up. Did you see what they did? I would have done it a lot better. You should have tried. The Pharisees came against Jesus and said, You cast out devils wrong. He said, Oh, okay, how do your children do it? See, I do it through the finger of God. What about you? What how do they have how many devils have they cast out lately? And tell me how they do it better. Hello, I'm listening. Amen. It's so easy. The one that, the one that is the, the wicked, slothful servant sits back and has time to criticize and condemn and say, oh, you know what they should have done? You know how they could have done it? But those that get in and get dirty and stumble and fall and get back up and learn and grow and, and get wisdom through that, that's the ones. Hallelujah. But in the end, God says, you know what? You've got all that time and you haven't done anything at all with your talent. Give it back. Give it to me. I'm giving it to somebody who will work for it. Work with it. Give it to somebody who will do their best. I'm telling you, there's people that sometimes maybe they're not working with a a high IQ that maybe you have. But they've got to walk with God. Maybe somebody, they don't have all the blessings and all the experience that you have. Maybe they come from nothing. Maybe they haven't learned a whole lot. But they have a connection with God and God uses them. You don't need all that. I'm not saying you, you can't be used of God with it. But if it becomes a boundary and a, and a stumbling block to you. Paul said, I determined in myself not to know anything but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We can sit back and look at people stumbling all over themselves and, and, and while we are wasting our time. It's God's pleasure to give you the kingdom. God will work in you. God will work through you. God will bless you. And He'll continue to pour in as you pour yourself out and try to help people. Hallelujah. This whole idea that, God, you've given me so many blessings and I'm going to do the bare minimum. 
God's going to give it to somebody that will work with it. I'm going to do everything I can just not to go to hell. That is not a doctrine of your Bible. I'm going to do my best to just be forgiven up to the last minute. And that wicked and slothful spirit that's on people. When God says, I want to bless you. I want to pour blessings into your life and into your family. I want to give you my kingdom. Don't do just good enough to get by. Put your heart into loving Him. Put your heart into serving Him. Put your heart into worshiping Him. And see what He does. Ecclesiastes 5. Ecclesiastes 5, this whole portion of Scripture is pretty rich. But I just want to read verse 3. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 3. says, For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. I've seen many people over the years with dreams with plans, with great intentions to get as close to God as they can, to just get, just get on fire for God and let the world watch them burn. Now I've seen others with not a lot of, not a lot of talk about their dreams and what they want to do, but just getting busy. There's a lot of things that try to hinder you and me. I'm telling you, I talked to you about a situation we had here recently and and, uh, at the funeral we were called to officiate. But uh, I told you in that, I could probably tell you stories on and on and on up until including today (laughs) of just different ways that things happen where where you're going to fight some battles. When God's getting ready to use you, Get ready to fight a battle. In Nehemiah, they were building a wall. I don't know how convenient it was to use a trowel in one hand and hold a spear in the other hand because they knew they were going to be attacked. But that's just how they did it. They weren't sitting around complaining and saying, this makes it harder. I can't work like this. I'm just not going to do anything. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's a battle. It's a warfare going to come against your family. It's going to come against the church. Amen. And all your dreams and all your plans and all the things you, uh, you want so much to happen don't happen by words or just proclaiming a dream but through the multitude of business. A fool's voice, it says, is known by a multitude of words. People get a harvest because they work hard at sowing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They're not by sitting back and looking and saying, why is this one got so much? Why is this one doing this? And why has that one got this? And why, how, why, why are they picking corn and I've got beans? And why do they have two acres and I've got only one? And so much works, words and so little business going on. I have to tell somebody today, a lot of times when you say, where's God? Where's God working? Well, you know what Elijah told Elisha. Elisha, you want this power of God in your life? You've asked a hard thing. 
You're gonna you're gonna fight some battles. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to dig in. You're gonna have to work hard. You're gonna have to hold on when everybody else is let go. Dream coming through a multitude of business. There's no amount of of talking that's gonna replace doing God's will. I saw a t-shirt years ago. I preached about it a little bit. I was in the Philippines. A man had a t-shirt on. It said, uh, hard work beats talent when talent stops working hard. There's a lot of times you see talent. You see God's blessings because that's God's will. He's going to fill you with good things. Keep your focus on God and invest it in the kingdom of God. Work for God. Do what God... Every day, God, how do you want me to shine my light for you and see how God blesses you? He'll give you what you need to get the job done. At the end of the day, you're going to hear, well done. Let's bow our heads in prayer. A lot of excuses that are used. But it's not God's fault when people aren't saved. It's His will to seek and to save. It's not His will to per- that you would perish. A lot of words talking about giving up, I failed, I went too far. But God's, God's ready to forgive. He loves mercy. He delights in it. And a lot of times we look around this world and say, look at what the devil's doing. Well, he's working hard. What about you? Lord, help me. Help me to fulfill your will in my life. Not half-heartedly. Not good enough. Not a bare minimum. But seeking, Lord, today, lead me, guide me, show me your way. He'll give you what you need that you can hear well done. I don't want God to take my talent away and give it to somebody who will actually do something with it. I don't want Him to take my place in His kingdom. I want to be busy about my Father's business. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Oh, in Jesus' name.